Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Tuesday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Well, we have now found out what is going on here with Bob Baffert. After all that he said yesterday, oh, it's about cancel culture. Oh, I might have been... I might have been, you know, played against a little bit here. Some people may have tried to sabotage me. Oh, I'm going to blame it on one of my groomers peeing in the stall and the horse eating the hay. <laughs> I still can't get over how stupid that sounds now. Because now we find out today, through his lawyer, that indeed trainers were giving Medina Spirit a cream. That included, an ointment I should say, that included the betamethasone that has possibly, it looks like he will, disqualify Medina Spirit from the Kentucky from winning the Kentucky Derby last week and now we'll see if he'll be allowed to to race in the Preakness we don't know about that just yet so of course he's talking about oh I want to be upright and and up front and an open book you know all the stuff that he talked about yesterday but then here's the thing that still just gets me He says he still had no knowledge of how bethamethasone could have possibly found its way into Medina Spirit until now, and this has never been a case of attempting to game the system or to get an unfair advantage. <laughs> and he still was claiming he had no knowledge of, of that until now. I'm sorry. As I just said this yesterday, this smelled fishy from the very beginning because, as I mentioned yesterday too, over in baseball... And the height of the steroid issue, oh, I didn't know this. Oh, I didn't see it was on here. Yeah, you did. Stop it. And now you're just and now you're just mad and denying and you got caught. This is exactly what happened here. He used the ointment. Or he let the trainers use the ointment. And there you go. They they finally got caught. 
I mean, really, when you think about it, who knows how long this has been going on? They probably were tampering around with the guidelines because every state is different. Now, again, this doesn't totally exclude things with what's go, what goes on with horse racing and as far as the, the drug issue there and what they're trying to clean up and this and that. There's still a lot of irregularities and thing and other things that they need to clear up. Everything needs to be uniform. You know, Steve and I talked about that yesterday when it comes to the drug issue and things like that. Things of that nature. But anyone who thought for a second that Bob Baffert might have had this for had what might have had something here, uh, you're just completely naive. I saw right through this. He knew what he was doing because nobody is that nobody with with that amount of money on the line and all that he's got and all that he's accomplished is that naive or is that stupid? He knew what he was doing. He was following the veterinarian's orders according to this statement. So how can you say you not know you didn't know what was going on behind the scenes? Please. Cut me a break. And now this is still see this is the other issue here that's still complicated with the horse racing thing because because every state is different we now, we now don't know what the qualifications are the the guidelines are for how much picograms you can have of this stuff in order to race is it more or is it even less than what Kentucky have we'll have to find that out but even beyond those factors i think it should be this guy broke the rules he shouldn't be allowed to race next week. That should be the conclusion to this, Steve. But I'm sure in the fine line of things, he'll still probably find a way to race legally next week. But he should not be allowed to race now. Plain and plain, plain, plain simple. You're saying the horse cheated? <laughs> His owner cheated. His owner made him cheat. Which tells you the amount of gullions that his owner has. It's one thing to know and do it to yourself, but it's another thing to do it to a horse. So you're going to take it out on the horse? <laughs> I take it out on the owner. I mean, really, like I said, I saw right through this that he was full of it. <laughs> he was full of it, and now we found it out now. Bob Baffert is nothing but a big phony to horse racing. He speaks highly of you. <laughs> Between him and Tim Tebow, like, my brain is just what, full of mush right now. No, what, no, what's wrong with Tim Tebow? Stay on ESPN. <laughs> Enough. All right? And I think it's proven you're done playing professional athletics. You couldn't make it in the NFL when you first got out of college. You couldn't make the stinking Mets organization for however long he tried with that disastrous experiment. Now, all of a sudden, he's going to try to be a tight end to 33 years old, not having played for nine years. Stop. And for Urban Meyer to set this up, this is, this is definitely an insult to all NFL, current NFL players, especially those who are trying, maybe on a, on a tryout purpose, maybe a late-round pick, maybe an undrafted rookie free agent. That's an insult to them. And every former player has every right to rip the, what the Jaguars have done here. If you want to bring him in truly just to be a leadership in a leadership role, bring him in as an as a assistant quality control coach. Bring him in as a senior advisor. Don't put him on a roster. 
Come on, Urban. This is not the SEC anymore. This is the NFL. All right, I'm done. Are you resigning? <laughs> I rest my case for now. Well, first of all, it's a 1 in 15 football team. <laughs> all right. They won their first game, and they then lost their next 15. All right. And they're looking for whatever solution they can find. This is a player that Urban knows. He trusts. As I've mentioned once, I've mentioned a million times, but it's always worth reiterating such items because it's something that is not talked enough about people by people in our position because it's not low-hanging fruit. One of the keys for coaches that's very important is trust. And so they're going to turn to people, okay, that they trust. And so he trusts him. Trust him as a leader, trust him as an athlete. That doesn't mean he's going to make the team. But when you're 1-15, you're looking for whatever solution you can get. I mean, he wasn't brought in to be the starter. He wasn't brought in to be the quarterback. He was brought in to take a shot at it. And I'm telling you, if he doesn't think he's got it, he'll cut him. Simple as that. You can give anybody a shot, my goodness. Look at the... uh, Look at Dwayne Haskins getting a shot again early in his career with the Steelers. It's a shot. You're just trying to roll the dice to see if you can get lightning in a bottle or fill a roster spot. Nothing wrong with that. Despite, you know, the hate from some corners. I mean, with with Dwayne Haskins, this guy was a former first-round pick not too long ago. You're talking about a guy that hasn't played in nine years and he's changing positions. Six years. Six years ago. Still, yeah. it's been years since he's played. If you if you trust him, bring him in as an assistant. Bring him in as like a special advisor. You bring him as a player, and if 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 he can cut it, he can cut it. If he can't, you cut him. I just think it's totally ludicrous. There there are going to be a lot of guys that are in camps that are going to get cut. Hey, they they're not bringing forty five guys into camp. They're not bringing fifty three guys into camp. Okay. You know, you're bringing 90 guys into camp. Well, guess what? About a third of them are going to get cut. So it is, you know, it's okay to bring in some of the guys you bring in. I have no problem with that. You obviously have a problem with it. You are a, you are a hater. I just think if if you think you're going to try and catch lightning in a bottle for a guy... It has nothing to do with it. You've got 90 openings for training camp. He's got one of the 90 openings. But I'm saying there are so many other players that he can... that are dying for a spot that have been playing right now. You think you can get somebody from that's changing positions that hasn't played in a number of seasons? Please. You act like he's stealing a spot from somebody. He's not stealing a spot from anybody. 
Okay, they're going to be. I mean, he may end up being. Let's see, let's go thirty times thirty-two is what nine hundred and sixty. Right. Correct. So there are going to be nine hundred sixty guys that are going to get cut. And there are going to be some moving pieces around where somebody's going to end up on a on a taxi squad or whatever. I'll, I'll give you a good example. Nate Stupar out of State College, Penn State. Nate kept himself in the league eight years. Practice squads finally started starting games later in his career. Okay, you know, you just try to do what you can to keep your game, your your career alive. Tim Frazier signed a contract with Memphis. I. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, he's keeping his career alive. All right? That's all he's doing. He's keeping his, his athletic career alive. People are giving him chances. Now, are they giving him more chances maybe because he's Tim Tebow? Sure. As I've pointed out many, many times, many times. Right? And this, it doesn't really fall into this category. But... um. First three round picks are going to get more chances and have to play their way out of the league. Rounds four through seven and free agents have to play their way into the league to get a second contract. Now, Tebow never got a second contract. But it's amazing what kind of lightning rod one guy happens to be. It's amazing. Just because his former college coach who recruited him, likes him and trusts him, wants to see if maybe he can do this. On a football team that needs a lot of help. I I don't know what kind of difference he's going to make. He may make zero difference. None. He may get cut. But right now, you're just trying to find whatever you can at every position. You're one in fifteen. Every position's open except for quarterback. And if he gets in there and he can't cut it, can't block, can't do whatever, I'll say this: he he, he always has been a physical player. I have no problem with inviting anybody to camp. Now it's what you do with it, as opposed to Captain Guillotine over here. (laughs) No good! No good! No good! I don't quite get the hate. This goes back a long time for me. What is it about him you don't like? I mean, I never thought I never thought he was going to be a good NFL quarterback. I thought he was a great college quarterback, you know, for what he was supposed to do. He was a great college quarterback in that system. But I never once thought he was going to be a good pro quarterback. And has he been a good pro quarterback? No, he hasn't. He doesn't throw the ball well enough. He doesn't. He's not accurate enough. 
there's only a lot of things that he's not enough of. But what you know? But my analysis of Tim Tebow has always been from a pure football point of view. Yours sounds rather personal. Oh, <laughs> well, it, it's it's on and off the field for me. O- on the field, you explained it. Just doesn't cut it physically. But off the field, you mentioned he's a lightning rod, and it's amazing how much of a lightning rod he still is when it comes to this. And that's, I guess, part of my problem with him. And it's not all his fault. But well, he's, not a self, he's not a self-promoter. No, I, I understand that. But I think when he left, if he had just left the league altogether after things finished up with Denver, then I, I, wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have as much of a problem. But then what he tried to do with the Jets, and then when he tried to do with the Eagles in 2015, then he tries to – and then then he goes into TV for a little bit. Okay, fine, whatever. But then he tried to dive into baseball. Knowing everything, all the headlines he probably would create, and knows and knows he probably has a very minimal chance of getting in. That kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. Like, just no. But it takes two to do this. He doesn't just walk in and go, "I'm playing baseball. Put me on the team." He doesn't do that. Yeah, you have to have the other side. It's like I said about. I remember years ago, people would be complaining about Ryan Howard. He hasn't earned his money. He didn't hold the, the Phillies brass in a room and release them one by one till he got his number. Both sides agreed to it, okay? But you know, the Mets said, let's give him a shot. Okay, fine. He probably got more shots because of his name than other people. No getting around it, right? But the vast majority of people in the minor leagues don't make it anyway. He got, you know, I just complimented Tim Frazier for keeping his career alive. That's what journeymen do. Journeymen are brilliant. Uh, let's uh, let me give you one. I know he's with the same team the entire time. We just talked about him last week. Uh, the the guy Coon, who was the running back, the fullback for the Packers. Oh, John Coon, yeah, John Coon. He kept his career alive for years. Years he kept his career alive. And you've got guys moving around the league now. He he stayed with Green Bay the entire time. But you have guys moving around the league. Guess what? They're just, I mean, they're stars, and then there are people who have the ability to keep their career alive. And so you get mad at him for going to the Jets or the Patriots or the Eagles when all he's trying to do is keep his career alive. And again, being a former first-round choice, he's going to get more chances, which is typical. I mean, my goodness, I mean, I've talked about um, um, Nelson Aguilar. He had one good year with Philadelphia, maybe a one and a half. He's still in the league. Okay. Who's he with now, the Raiders? But No, he's not with the Patriots. He's not with the Patriots. But he was with the Raiders last year. But he's keeping his career alive. And guess what? He's a former first-round pick. Well, what's your complaint with him? Because at least he's been somewhat productive here and there. He's Okay, Tim Tebow did win a playoff game as a quarterback where he threw the game when he touched down pass in overtime. So it wasn't like he didn't have a moment. I mean, let's let's go through Nelson Aguilar's moments. What the heck are his moments? He, he, he went as he's he had a season and a half where he was good. That's been it. Other than that, he has been a pedestrian wide receiver in the league. I mean, you know the Eagles didn't keep him. Right. 
And I was okay, okay with that. Right. But I'm saying, though, but he's kept his career alive. And you're going to get more chances when you're a first-round pick. Tim Tebow got more chances because in part of his name, but also because he was a first-round pick. And it doesn't matter if, he, if Jacksonville's giving him a chance. They're giving him a chance. So what? They're also giving 40 other guys who are going to get cut a chance. You're not complaining about them. I mean, Lamont Wade's getting a chance with, with Pittsburgh. What's wrong with him? My logic bothers you. <laughs> you come in all worked up into a lather, and I'm, I'm there with the sprayer. <laughs> Rich Scarcella today, Neil Kulong today, Corey Geiger tomorrow. Got a lot going on. Great to have you with us. Matt, nice ice cold water out of the cooler. Just pour it on your head. Don't even drink it. I will. Trying to cool down. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applications factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. And today's show brought to you by our good friends at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best new inventory going. Great pre-owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. It's all at Sunbury Motors. 4th Street and Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. As an experiment on Matt's ankle, we gave him a, an anti, anti-fungal ointment. <laughs> oh, really? And I didn't know you did that to me. And beta-methasone, if we were to test him now, it would not come out well. But you can hear what it does to him. <laughs> it gets him over-emotional. By the way, uh, a lawyer says that the horse is going to race Saturday. Now, how the horse was able to retain his own attorney, I don't know. But it's <laughs> That's impressive. That's some horse. <laughs> oh, man. You okay? I'm good. Did you get that big drink of water? I did. I'm all replenished. Go back, talk to the suit. (laughs) 
Actually, I haven't seen him around most of the day today. No wonder you're antsy. You're normally so much calmer when he's there. All right, let's bring in. Very pleased to be joining us on the hotline. Rich Scarcella, Reading Eagle. Rich, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm going to do this in the reverse. So I, I want to start with Aaron Rodgers because obviously it'd be something that you would be following closely as a fan. What the heck do you think is you know, from thirty thousand feet going on here? Well, I don't think I need to be thirty thousand feet away, but I, I could tell you um, he is uh, still more than a year after the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Still unhappy about that. Um, not sure why, since Jordan Love hasn't seen, hasn't even dressed for a game yet, and it, according to the people who cover the team, doesn't appear that he'll be ready this season and maybe even next season. So, but I think everything stems from that. Um, I think there, there's definitely he's at odds with um, the general manager Brian Gutekunst, um, who happens to be a Ted Thompson disciple. Um, who who was the guy that drafted Aaron Rodgers? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think um, if there's one thing uh, about following Alan, Aaron Rodgers for this long, um, he does hold grudges, fairly or unfairly, um, and we don't know everything that's happened. But I think that's really the gist of it. And also, I think he wants. Secondly, I think. It's stemming from drafting Jordan Love. He wants assurances that he's going to be able to finish his career as a Packer. And I think maybe, without knowing this, the Packers privately weren't ready to do that. I don't know. Um, and I think, as a Pack, longtime Packers fan and uh, part owner of the team, um, <laughs> you you have your stock. My share. I have my share. Yeah. Um, I think the pack. I think it, there's no question. The Packers right now give him the best chance of winning another Super Bowl as compared to the other teams um, that might acquire him. Whether that's Denver, Las Vegas. I mean, outside of Kansas City and Tampa, who's in better position to get to the Super Bowl right now with him as quarterback than the Packers? Right. And I think, and you're hearing different things, uh, you're reading different things, I think when people cool their heads, uh, I think they'll realize that you don't have that, that that this is the best situation this is like he has no problems with the coaching staff obviously they're 28 and 8 the last two years and in two championship games right i mean he may he may had may have had a problem with not going for it on fourth down and and, and kicking a field goal but that's you know i think i think the, the biggest issue is there's obviously a wedge between him and the general manager and I don't think he's gotten over the fact that they drafted Jordan Love and that he wasn't told about it. Um, where it goes from here, I mean, I, I heard um, Tom Silverstein, who covers the Packers for Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, say he doesn't even know, but um, he thinks that 
the best thing for both of them would be for, for Rodgers to continue playing for the Packers. You know, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, you're also a big Yankees fan, and uh, uh, former State College Spike Luke Voigt is going to get himself back in the lineup. Uh, what does he? What does he? I know he led the you know the majors in home runs last year, but what does that added piece do for them at this point? Well, <laughs> when you've had Jay Bruce and Mike Ford holding down the position, sometimes D.J. LeMahieu, sometimes, but very infrequently. Right. Uh, Jay Bruce was struggling so badly, he retired. And Mike Ford can't get above 150, I don't think. He's, he has a really nice glove. He's very. He's, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've watched him play for the last few weeks. He, he's made some really nice defensive plays. Uh, I think it definitely lengthens the lineup. They have struggled to score runs, even though Giancarlo Stanton has heated up considerably, and even though Aaron Hicks and Glaber Torres are slowly improving their batting averages, uh, they're still struggling to score runs. So he has a huge bat in the middle of that lineup. Now, he's coming off surgery. Whether it's minor or not, he's coming off knee surgery. I don't expect him to suddenly ignite the offense. I just want him to stay healthy and eventually be a factor. But, yeah, I like him a lot. like him a lot. All right, so then closer to home for you, um, mm. that's the Reading Phillies. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, and Everything got started a week ago, mm-hmm. May, May 4th. Uh, I don't know. Have they been home yet? They have. They, they played their first six games uh, at home uh, against the Erie Seawolves. And I think they went two and four. Um, Erie lit them up pretty good. Their Erie offense. Uh, Redding's strength was supposed to be its pitching, and uh, struggled pretty badly in the six games against Erie. So, what are the limitations right now at that ballpark? And you know, based on the max number they can get in, have people gone to the ballpark? How have they drawn? Oh yeah, they've drawn well. Oh gosh, you know, yeah, about twenty two hundred a night. Um, I was out at the stadium last night um, working on a high school baseball feed. And, um, yeah, it, 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 you know, yeah, the people are excited to get back out to the stadium because they missed it last year, for sure. I don't think there's any question about that. Is that ball club going to go to 100 on May 31st when the, when the governor uh, – yeah. are they going to go to it? Yeah. yeah, that's the plan, yeah. Uh, have they said whether they're going to be masked or not? They have not said that yet. Okay. All right. So now let's get to uh, the uh, football part of it here, obviously. Um, so now it's it's the off season, mm-hmm. the quote off season. Uh, you had a chance to be at one practice and you know and probably heard enough about the other one. So in the, you know what needs to be accomplished in this off season to get them off to a good start in camp. Well, um, you know, I, I, let's start here. Um, it, it really isn't my off season or a lot of us <laughs> off seasons because we're all working on magazine stories right. um, for the Penn State Football Annual and, in, in my case, Lindy's. Yep. So just I'm throwing this out. I, I spoke to Mike Yurcich last week for a story that I'm doing for the 
Penn State football annual. And I think the biggest question right now is getting Sean Clifford to where Mike Yersich wants him to be. Because Mike Yersich said to me, he, I mean, on the record, he, he's not there yet. And I think that's, that's the most important thing going forward for the, Penn, the entire Penn State football team. And I, I think Sean is, I mean, there's, there's 100 adjectives I can use, conscientious, determined, committed. He's all of that. And he will work his rear end off to get there. Um, I'm sure without being at a, you know, up close to the, on the sideline and watching a Mike Yersich work during practice, but I'm sure he's very, very demanding. Mm-hmm. And, okay, that's, you know, that's part of the territory. That I have, I have no problem with that. Nope. And so I think that's the, and that's the whole key and, and I'm, I'm not the only one who has this opinion, the key to the offense this year in the fall is how good the quarterback play will be with Mike Yersich calling the plays. Um, I think that's, that's the thing that everybody is wondering about. And in fairness to Sean, as we all know, it's his fourth coordinator and quarterback's coach in five years. Um, you know, that's, that's not easy even though he said it's not a problem to adjust to somebody new that frequently. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's the whole key, Steve, to me. I think the defense will be much, much better um, yeah. for a lot of reasons. And I think I went, the, went over them the last time I was on with you. Um, I think this defense will be faster. They're so deep in the secondary. Um, not as deep at linebacker, but very, very talented at linebacker. Um, I, I'm I'm really looking forward to watching uh, Ebikidi play uh, in a game and and seeing how the defensive line does. So, but I think the defense is going to be pretty good, and I think the offense has the ingredients to be pretty good. I just think it's like it's it's the whole relationship between coordinator and quarterback and how how much progress. It sounds ridiculous. Sean's in his fifth year in the program, but how much progress under Yersich, under what he's teaching, he makes between now and whatever that is—the first weekend in September. When you talk with Mike, uh, I, did the subject of terminology come up? In other words, is it new terminology for him? Is it new terminology for Sean? Is it a combination of the two? Did that come up? And if so, in what context? It did not, because. <laughs> We spent a lot of time talking about his background. Yeah. And because I was more curious than anything. And we, we spent maybe five to eight minutes talking about the team itself, but where, you know, his background, how he got started, that whole thing. Um, yeah, he comes from the, the uh, home of the Polka Hall of Fame. Did you know that? Yes, I, okay. I did, as a matter yeah. of fact. And the Softball Hall of Fame, he told me. So I, I, was, I, I didn't know that. That uh, yeah, so but we you know it was more like that, Steve. So we didn't get into terminology. Um, you know, I I know this. You probably do too. So I'm not telling you anything new. Uh, everything that I have heard since January from coaches or players 
this will be Mike Yurcich's offense. This is not going to be a a mix or conglomeration. To me, it's pretty clear that he's calling the shots and the plays. And, you know, I'm sure James will have input. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I got the feeling last year, perhaps because of COVID, that it was a mix of things, and obviously that didn't work. And I think this year... I think that's a good thing that it is it is his offense and that you sink or swim with that. I feel like when I'm watching him, Rich, I feel like I'm watching an offensive scientist. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> on the phone with him, first we were on Zoom and then we're on the phone. Um, the one thing I did realize is he is hard. Uh, it's hard for him to sit still. <laughs> he's still he's very fidgety and not this wasn't bad i mean it was just he's very energetic enthusiastic and it looks like he wants he wants to get somewhere like yesterday and he's not there yet rich always a pleasure thanks so much great to have you with us steve you know anytime and i i really enjoy it thank you he is terrific, I tell you. I really enjoy it. talking to Rich Scarcella. He doesn't get mad about a lot of stuff. He just kind of talks through it. It's... He is very even keel. I do give him a lot of credit. Something to be said for that. Back with more in a moment <laughs> on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Great to have you with us today, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Neil Kulong in the next half hour. Then the rantings and ravings of Matt in the final half hour. (laughs) Brain is mush, what can I say? Are you okay? I'm better now, yes. Am I too calm for you? <laughs> no, see, that that's the good dynamic between the two of us. I bring the fiery side, you bring the calm and logic side. I see. <laughs> well, Neil Kulong will bring the information side next half hour here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.